You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hot, hot, hike! Welcome back to another episode of Making Monsters. We are now a day away from the NFL draft. I feel like I have been waiting months and months and months for this day now because obviously the day that the Texans won and put the Bears at the number one pick, we knew it was going to be an exciting season. So now if you have followed along with this series, it's beyond the ninth pick. And we kind of go into some of the guys that the Bears could get um, if they not at number nine or if they end up trading back a little bit because obviously there's rumors of that too of another trade down uh so today on the final episode we are joined by andrew hutchinson he's the managing editor of best of um andrew thanks so much for hopping on with me this one obviously is uh it's been a lot of people have been asking me for this one of these particular players' names. Uh, so we're going to drop. We're going to talk about two of them today. Andrew Ricky Stromberg. Um, he's an offensive lineman for Arkansas, and obviously linebacker Drew Sanders is another one I do want to touch upon. Um, Andrew, I just want to let you know I have talked enough about offensive line this past year for an entire lifetime. I never thought in my life I would spend this much time talking about offensive linemen, um, but it's obviously been a major need for the Bears, and they weren't really able to fix it last season. So we are really hoping they dive in and and fix what they need to do and not get Justin sacked another 55 times this year. Um, but they do have a couple gaps. They fixed a couple pieces on the line. Uh, they, they drafted a guy last year, Braxton Jones, who they feel is pretty comfortable at the left tackle spot. Tevin at right guard they're pretty comfortable with and then or left guard depending because now they they went and got Nate Davis so there's a couple positions that they're they're pretty confident on but uh not so much at the center position not so much at right tackle so that's why I'm here to talk to you uh Ricky Stromberg obviously is one of the guys that the Bears fans are believe they can get a little bit later in the draft but still have the quality player that they want at center. So he was a fourth year starter. He logged snaps at both guard and center at Arkansas, but on his projections, they log him as a start a center in the NFL and finishing his career there makes sense. Uh, what traits was it over those four years though, Andrew, that really transitioned him to that center spot and being the starter there? Well, I think the first thing you know, need to know about Ricky Stromberg is that, you know, when, when he was coming out of high school, he was a little bit of a, a, a mystery because there were some some places kind of viewed him as a four-star prospect. Some places viewed him as like a low three-star prospect. They were really not sure what to expect. And I think when he came in, his athleticism really showed. And uh, the only problem was he was a little bit undersized. And when I say a little bit, I mean a lot undersized. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a true freshman, he was starting in the SEC. He was listed, get ready for this, 266 pounds. Wow. And he was going up against the the monsters, you know, mm-hmm. playing defensive line in the SEC. 
that was a little bit tough. That was when he was a guard, but they just they really liked his athleticism and they knew that he had a future, you know, playing on the offensive line. They they kind of projected him as a center. Uh they had a center at the time, so they they played him at at guard. Um and so he he transitioned to center his sophomore year, but I think that was always the plan. Um and he he did bulk up. You know, it also helped that Arkansas hired uh, a guy named Sam Pittman as their head coach. He's a career offensive line coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know a thing or two about talking about offensive line, uh, you know, when that's their, their head coach. And, We're big Sam uh, Pittman I think that fans, really so. benefited him. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. He, he's, uh, he's been awesome uh, in, in terms of Ricky's development as well. So I, I think that was also a major thing that helped. You know, you got the technique and, and all that kind of stuff that, that comes with uh, playing for Sam Pittman. So uh, I think that's really kind of the thing you need to know is that he just, you know, he, he's really developed throughout, you know, from, from when he arrived as a high school kid through now, you know, being a senior, um, you know, he's, he's gotten bigger. I think he played at like 315 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's gotten a lot bigger than the 266. Yeah. But I, just, that's the thing that I will always remember about Ricky Stromberg is how he played as a freshman <laughs> in the SEC at 266 pounds on the offensive line. Yeah, that is um, definitely a number you don't see at that position often. Um, tell us a little bit about that offense at, at Arkansas, the offense they ran, because obviously there was an injury to K.J. Jefferson uh, later in the season, so things had to change a bit late. But how much was Stromberg on that line just such a big part of kind of keeping things level and calm, even when you were dealing with the quarterback changes lately? That's the first part. But also, how different was the offense they had to run when Jefferson got hurt? Well, they tried to run the same offense even with K.J. Jefferson out, and it didn't go well. They didn't exactly have a quality backup quarterback. That's something that they have since ad- addressed this offseason. Uh, but, you know, as far as uh, up front, I mean, Ricky Stromberg was a huge part of that offensive line. Uh, it was a very veteran offensive line. I mean, all five guys, uh, or I guess four of the five, were like multi-year starters. Uh, one of them had been, you know, on campus for oh, – several years and he finally got to start last year um, so a really veteran offensive line but I mean having a guy like that in the center uh, it, position you know he was you know calling uh, he was making all the calls and the checks and stuff up front um, you know he was the guy who identified the Mike linebacker that's something that's changed you know that was that was under the Kendall Bryles offense mm-hmm. um, you know that it was more of a, a spread attack you know hurry up up tempo type attack uh, it's changed a little bit now, you know, with the, the new offensive coordinator, but, you know, with Ricky, that's what they did. So, I mean, he, he had a lot of responsibilities at that center spot in that system. Um, he was very critical, in my opinion, in, in the run game. They were a very, very good running team last year. Uh, they had, you know, they have three or four different running backs that I would consider bona fide SEC running backs. And the reason they were so effective is, is because of guys like Ricky cre- opening up holes for them. So, uh, I think Ricky was a, a very vital part of that offense. I th- I've always viewed him as a, a better run blocker than maybe a yeah. pass protector, but that's not to say he was bad as a pass protector. He was just a really good run blocker, in my opinion, a really good guy to, to run behind for these running backs. You know, Rocket Sanders at running back last mm-hmm. year ran for 1,400-something yards, So, and, and I think Ricky had, had a lot to do with that. Yeah, and the Bears, obviously, the run game is a strength. Uh, They're trying to work on that. They added DJ Moore this offseason, hoping that they'll be able to get Justin Fields to be have weapons to throw the ball to. But 
a big thing that everyone talked about, obviously, was Justin Fields and his his mobility. That part of his game is going to be there. You would like him to not have to use his legs as much, obviously. But talk about that a little. Being such a a mobile quarterback, this does affect the scheme and the game plan and a lot of the things that are happening on the offensive line. So although we're hoping for more passing plays, how beneficial can Ricky be in those situations where Fields is using his legs? I think it really helps that he, he comes from a system where he played with K.J. Jefferson, who was you know such a very good runner. Now, he's a little bit different than a Justin Fields. K.J. is, is a, a really physical runner mm-hmm. who would like to run you over. I mean, he's almost like a running back playing quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Josh Allen-esque. He can do as a passer, but yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's a little bit different, but I think he'll, he, he does understand like, hey, at any time, K.J. could take off running, and I think that would be beneficial having a guy – that's similar in that, you know, in Justin Fields, that, that is a runner. Uh, I think that would, you know, it's it's not going to be a foreign concept to him. He's not playing in an offense where the quarterback's just a, a statue back there. So he, he is familiar with that, and I think that would help with, with the transition to an offense uh, like what the Bears have. Well, and obviously you, you mentioned a little bit earlier that the competition in the SEC and the, the guys he was going up against in the SEC, obviously on the defensive side are some of the best in the nation. On the draft network rankings, 10 of the top 28 defensive players coming out of this draft are from the SEC. So, And that's not even including the defensive backs. That's just defensive line and linebackers. So how much can that also help Stromberg prepare for being an immediate starter if needed in the NFL? Yeah, actually, at the Arkansas Pro Day a couple of weeks back, uh, I actually asked him that exact question pretty much. Like, how much did playing in the SEC, you know, help you with that? And he just kind of laughed. He said, you know, I'll never forget, you know, going up against, you know, Jordan Davis, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Georgia and uh, some other guys. He, I mean, he rattled off like three or four or five, six names that were guys that ended up going in the first round of the NFL draft. Uh, So I think he's definitely well-prepared. Uh, you know, now I feel like he's better equipped than he was, you know, when he was a freshman, you know, obviously gaining 40 or 50 pounds will help you with that, but also just the, the strength and the knowledge and the experience. Uh, you've got a guy that, that has been in it. He's learned from some of the best and Sam Pittman uh, as the head coach. So I, I think that would really help him. All of that experience should help him make the adjustment a little bit easier than, you know, if he you know, was coming from a smaller school or from a conference that maybe doesn't have the, the same level of trench play that there is in the SEC. So, yeah, I, th- I think he, I, to me, I, I could see him being a guy that needs to develop a little bit. Okay. You know, he's not a guy like, you know, Frank Ragnow is the gay guy that I, you know, like to talk about. So he was a center at Arkansas. Now he's with the Lions having a ton of success. I feel like Frank was a little bit better prepared to be an immediate starter than Ricky, but I also could see Ricky being a guy that benefits from having to be thrown into the fire like he was as a freshman at Arkansas. You know, he may have some struggles early on, but I think if you give him time, uh, he'll he'll develop into a you know a pretty solid starter for sure. Yeah, and, and I think that the offensive line is kind of like that, and that's why we saw the progression last year. Like I said, we drafted uh, Braxton Jones, and he came from a smaller school. We got him in the fifth round, so honestly, the Bears weren't expecting to have to start him at left tackle the way they did, but because of injuries and other things that happened, he also ended up winning the battle in the offseason. Um, it was a slow start, but by, I would say, like week 
10, 11, we were really seeing some really good things out of Braxton Jones. So I think it may be a, a situation like that with Stromberg where if we did have to start him right away, there'd be a little bit of, we'd have to see a little bit of progress throughout the season. But for some of these guys, it may be beneficial to sit behind someone for a little bit and then work their way up there. But let's move over to uh, Drew Sanders for a little bit, a linebacker. The Bears spent a lot, uh, spent money this offseason and made moves on the linebacker position. So I don't believe the Bears will go as high at linebacker linebacker um, to be able to get Drew. Um, but talking about Arkansas, obviously, I just wanted to learn a, a little bit about him. The Draft Network has him as the 37th ranked prospect overall and the best, the first linebacker off the board in their ranking. So he had 103 tackles, 13 and a half for loss and nine and a half sacks last season. That's just incredible numbers when you're looking at a guy, especially who is just really took over that position full time at Arkansas. Tell us a little bit about the season he had last year. He was incredible. I mean, watching him play was just truly, you know, fun to, to do. I mean, he was a, a transfer. He was a five-star recruit coming out of high school, went to Alabama. You know, he played a little bit, you know, actually started some games for Alabama. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know how Alabama is. They've got, you know, guys just coming out the wazoo and, mm -hmm. and, you know, he gets dinged up a little bit that opens the door for another five-star freshman who is probably going to be a first-round pick here in a couple of years. Uh, and so, you know, he, he went in the portal he was more of an edge rusher kind of guy at Alabama came to Arkansas because he wanted to learn how to play, you know, tr the traditional linebacker, you know, stand up uh, middle linebacker type spot. And, and Arkansas has a reputation for having some guys that were productive college players. They haven't necessarily you know, translated to the NFL, uh, but he, he saw what they, they did with, you know, they had a, a guy named Grant Morgan who was a walk on mm -hmm. and ended up being a second team all American uh, at, at linebacker. So you take a guy that's a five-star recruit, put him in that position, and boom, you get what Drew Sanders did this year. Yeah. Uh, was just phenomenal rushing the passer. They they got creative with him, too. I mean, they used him some as an edge rusher. Like, they brought him down as a stand-up rusher off the edge. They they played him as a traditional linebacker spot. But his his speed and athleticism are incredible. Um, we saw that in, in, in the spring uh, when he – was uh, when he first got to campus. I wasn't sure what to expect of him. Like, hey, he's, he's a heralded guy, and I'll never forget a play he made. Uh, you know, quarterbacks aren't live during spring, obviously, mm -hmm. but Arkansas had a quarterback named Malik Hornsby, extremely fast. And, you know, usually if he gets the edge, he's gone. And Drew Sanders tracked him down for either at the line of scrimmage or maybe even for a loss. Uh, it was just a tr tremendous play with his speed and instincts. Uh, so that, that was incredible. And, you know, he, he – Got a lot of sacks, you know, nine and a half. Um, and probably, probably the best, you know, linebacker Arkansas has had in a long time. You know, Arkansas hasn't had a first-round linebacker since, like, 1983 or something wow. like that. And I don't know if Drew's going to quite sneak into the first round, uh, but he, he's still set to be one of the highest-drafted linebackers Arkansas has ever had. Um, a little bit of a bummer. I only got to really watch him play for one, one year. year but yeah. very excited to see what he does in, in the NFL. Yeah, and obviously you, you mentioned just the linebackers there at Arkansas, but the, the history of linebackers in Chicago obviously is massive from Buckus to Singletary to Erlacher. The list goes on and on and on about how the linebacker group and core that they've had in Chicago and how important those guys are. So it's something that they Bears fans, Bears media, and the Bears organization think very highly of. Um, but as I mentioned, they did go and they went and got Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards this offseason. So I don't think it's going to be their main focal point in the draft. Uh, but you talked a little bit just about 
a, a lot of his positives. He's 6'4", 235. A lot of people talk about just how fluid he can move when he's out on the field, despite his size. Is that something you immediately noticed last year when you were watching him? Absolutely. It jumped off. You know, it's Sometimes it's a little bit hard to really get too much from, you know, spring practice whenever it, you're not everybody's live. You're not always full tackle, stuff like that. But you just he looked different. And now, I mean, he looked like a guy that you would expect would go to Alabama or something like that. Arkansas doesn't get those guys a ton. So when you do see it, it stands out. Uh, and so, yeah, I noticed it right away. I, I, I was on the Drew Sanders hype train from the start. <laughs> I was telling people, like, this guy could be an all-SEC caliber guy. And lo and behold, not only was he that, but, I mean, he was pretty much a unanimous second-team All-American yeah. uh, as well. So, I mean, that, that was – he. One of those rare times where, where I, I, I saw something in spring, I hyped it up, and it, it ended up playing out. There, there's been many other instances where that doesn't happen, but uh, Drew made me look smart with that with this past season. <laughs> oh, I've done that many times. This last off season, we did like our our top five of what we were most ex- like who we were most excited about for this season, and not the big names, but the kind of the, out, the outskirts. The guys are kind of earning a spot, and I think like three of the five on my list ended up not even making it to the roster. So that was interesting. But a couple more for you, Andrew, before I let you go. Uh, one of the things I read about him was in high school. He was a multi-position player. So he played quarterback, tight end, wide receiver, multiple spots on the defensive line or the defense in general. So how much does something like that do you think helps a player really understand all levels of a football field and helps with anticipation and all the aspects of being in that linebacker position too? Yeah, I think that really helped us for sure. I mean, yeah, he played all over the field. Uh, we, 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 I remember asking him about it once, like, what, what did you play? in high school he just kind of gave this kind of sly grin and he's not a big talker mm-hmm. uh you know he he's, he's solid but you know he's kind of a quiet guy and he's like well played quarterback running back tight end basically anything that he needed to play he played <laughs> and uh i think that really shows with the way he plays I and mean, he's got really good instincts mm-hmm. um just he just kind of knows where the ball's going to be uh and you, you need that in the linebacker spot and you know, you couple that with the, you know, the athleticism and you get this rare combination. Arkansas has had several guys that have great instincts. I mean, I just mentioned a guy, Grant Morgan, former walk-on. I mean, he doesn't, he's not, he's undersized, doesn't have the top athleticism, incredible instincts. You have a little bit of that in, in Drew, incredible instincts with the athleticism, with the speed, with, you know, all that stuff you look for. So, uh, I think that really helps him a lot, you know, on, on playing, you know, the quarterback of the defense, per se, you know, as the middle linebacker. Yeah, for sure. Um, Andrew, last one for you, because obviously the, the main question surrounding him is maybe the amount of time that he played. Um, so do you think that teams should question at all or have any concern if he can be NFL ready, considering he had 12, just 12 college career starts at that linebacker spot at Arkansas? I don't really have much concern with that. And, and I would say to any NFL team maybe trying to take him, and, and I actually asked Drew about this at the pro day as well, is that, you know, he's he's a linebacker, and that's what he's, you know, going to try to get drafted as and try to play. But he's also versatile enough to where he could be kind of an edge rusher, specialty-type guy mm-hmm. uh, where you use him in special situations. So he's got value because he can really rush the passer. Even if he doesn't stick at the linebacker spot, you know, even you know, right out of the gate, he's going to find a role because of how athletic he is. And 
so I, I wouldn't have any concern about you know, not having a ton of experience, but I think that was just a matter of, you know, his first couple of years of college, he was at a place like Alabama where they've got really, really good players, and sometimes you have to take your time to play. And, and once at that opportunity at Arkansas, he, he made the most of it. But I personally don't have much uh, concern about the lack of experience. All right. Um, I, honestly, it's exciting. I love hearing the stories about the guys, obviously, that battled through certain situations and maybe it took a little time to find their spot. But when they found their spot, they excelled at it. It's really fun to watch those guys kind of do that. And it seems like that is what happened with Drew Sanders. But, uh, Andrew, thanks so much for hopping on with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. All right. Well, you have a good rest of your day. All right. And the Beyond the Ninth Pick podcast series is in the books. Tomorrow is draft day. So tomorrow... We will have a billion things to talk about. Some people will be complaining. Some people will be happy. But at the end of the day, the Chicago Bears will be better than they were last season. Um, I feel like they would have to really bomb this entire draft to at least not improve a couple of the position groups that we need. Um, So anyways, thanks again, everybody, for listening. Uh, This offseason's been a complete roller coaster from the beginning, talking about number one overall pick for trading Justin Fields and drafting Bryce Young to finally getting the trade with the Panthers. So then that sh- shifting to, you know, are they going to take Anthony Richardson at nine? And are they going to take, you know, A, B, or C? Or now are any of these, are these quarterbacks starting to drop out of the top 10 now? It's been a roller coaster, but it's been fun. It's been exciting. The Bears had probably one of the more eventful off-seasons they've had in a long time, and it's just getting started. So everybody enjoy the draft, and I hope you enjoyed this series, and I will chat with you soon. I'm Taylor Dahl, and this is another episode of Making Monsters. (laughs) 